highest of heights to the depths of the he clung to these, and he had 700 wives, princesses, and 300 concubines. So he had 1,000 women in his life. And as you know this, polygamy was common in the Middle East, in the Near East. And, um, but it certainly was not wise, and it wasn't God's design. God allowed it, but it wasn't his best. Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with senior pastor and teacher Rob Kellogg. At this point, Solomon wanted romance and sensual fulfillment more than he wanted the Lord. For all his wisdom, he was snared by the lust of the flesh. He didn't seriously consider the possibility that he could be romantically and sensually attracted to people we have no moral or righteous reason to be attracted to. Once under the power of this attraction, he held on to them closely instead of surrendering his weaknesses up to the Lord. Although we belong to Christ, we too can be tempted, but by abiding in Him, we will have victory over them. Now let's join Pastor Rob's teaching, already in progress. And you possess it and dwell in it and say, I will set a king over me like all the nations around me. You shall surely set a king over you whom the Lord your God chooses. One from among your brethren you shall set as king over you. You may not set a foreigner over you who is not your brother, but he shall not multiply horses for himself. Have we seen Solomon do that? The last chapter we looked at, the, the previous chapter that, in, 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 in chapter 9, we saw him amassing horses and chariots, and building chariot cities. And one of those we visit when we go to Israel and Megiddo. It's very easy to see. The stables are right there. You can see them. But he shall not multiply horses for himself, nor cause the people to return to Egypt to multiply horses. And that's what he did. For the Lord has said to you, you shall not return that way again, and neither shall he multiply wives for himself. Now, this was spoken long before Solomon was born. Hundreds of years before Solomon was born, God spoke this to them, knowing what was coming. See, God, as you know, he has this wonderful, uh, these wonderful traits about himself that only he possesses. These characteristics, omnipotence, omniscience, and omnipresence, only he has those. No one else, the devil, no demon, nobody, no single human, no human or angelic being has that except for God. So he knows all things. When he says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning, he means it. He, he's seen it all. He dwells outside of time. He dwells outside in eternity where he dwells. He can see time as if it's already completed. He has already seen when you were born, when you were conceived. Before you were conceived, he knew you. Isn't that what he told Jeremiah? And he knew exactly what your life would consist. He didn't intervene in the sense of making you do anything. He gave you information and waited for you to respond to him. 
And he still does that today. He doesn't make you do anything. You are not a robot. You are in full control of what you do. And you're responsible for your actions. I'm responsible for my actions. But the God, God has a wonderful ability because he is who he is. He knows what I'm going to choose. He doesn't force me to do anything. I, everything that happens in my life that's negative, it's because I made, I, I'm the one who you know, brought that upon myself. And Solomon did the same thing. Notice, you shall not multiply wives for himself, lest his heart turn away. Didn't we just read that in chapter 11, the first 13 verses? Neither shall he multiply wives for himself, lest his heart turn away, nor shall he greatly multiply silver and gold for himself. He did that too. God gave him so much, and we don't know where that line of demarcation is. Where is that line in, in all of Solomon's wealth where God says, you know, Solomon, I've given you this. Is that enough? <laughs> but isn't it true that the human heart says, no, there is, I want more. I want more. I, want, I don't want to be rich. I want to be stinking rich. I want when I walk along the street that $100 bills are falling off my shoes. And because I make so much money, it's not worth my time to pick them up. Because if I stoop, stoop, stoop down to pick up the $100 bill, I'd actually lose. Because time is money, right? And my time is much more valuable than picking up $100 bills. But that's the way it was with Solomon. Also it shall be when he sits on the throne of the kingdom that he shall write for himself a copy of the law of this in, in a book from the one before the priest, the Levites. And it shall be with him and he shall read it all the days of his life that he may learn to fear the Lord as God. Yes, to learn to fear him, certainly to reverence him, no doubt, to reverence God. And we all ought to do that. But you know what? It's healthy to actually fear him, <laughs> to dread, to have the dread I mean, you and I, we've been saved by grace, and, and, and so we're not going to be going to hell or anything like that. I don't need to fear God because of what he's going to do to me, because the relationship is completely different now, right? But I do. I, we should have a healthy fear of him, but also, now that, especially now that we've been saved, we, we have this reverence and love. It changes. But before I was saved, I was f- afraid of God. Would to God that more people were afraid of God. Because most people don't think he exists. They don't even care to know him. They think that they could care less. They just live their lives like he doesn't exist. But he does exist. And it's important for us to obey him. That, that's what brought me to Christ was fear. Honestly, initially, I was afraid of burning in hell for eternity because that's what somebody had the guts to tell me. Folks, never remove the teeth from the gospel. Because had that person, had this gentleman who led me to Christ, had he smoothed it over and said, oh, that, you know, don't worry about that. God is a good God. He'll accept you just the way you are. You know what? There, there'd be, what who is this God then? You know, But he challenged me in my sin. And I was afraid. <laughs> That's a good thing. But then my fear turned into a reverence, and now the love relationship was there. And I knew I wasn't going to go to hell because Christ paid the price. But notice what it says. That he may learn to fear the Lord as God and be careful to observe all the words of this law and these statutes, that his heart may not be lifted above his brethren, that he may not turn aside from the commandment to the right hand or to the left, and that he may prolong his days in his kingdom, he and his children's uh, children in the midst of Israel. So let's look at 
So, th- so there it is. The, the, there's the accountability. That, that's what the law has spoken to Solomon. It told him in Deuteronomy, God spoke to him on two different occasions. But David, or excuse me, but Solomon, if you walk with me and you follow me, my, my statutes, then I will, I will, you, you, there'll never be a man to, see, to cease to be a man on the throne forever. But notice in verse 1, but, uh, underline or circle that word because it's setting up a comparison with what happened in the previous chapter. His fame and his fortune was being told to us and his popularity, which is nothing wrong, nothing wrong with being famous and there's nothing wrong with being popular, especially if you got there, if your popularity is because you're a good person. But now the... The key changes to minor now. (laughs) And now we're going to see Solomon's fall. But King Solomon loved many foreign women, as well as the daughter of Pharaoh. Women of the Moabites, notice, the Ammonites, the Edomites, the Sidonians, and the Hittites. From the nations of whom the Lord had said to the children of Israel, You shall not intermarry with them, nor they with you. Surely they will turn away your hearts after their gods. Solomon clung to these in love. He clung to these ladies in love. In 1 Kings chapter 3, we learn first that he married Pharaoh's daughter, who was an Egyptian. Should he have done that? No, he shouldn't have. Kings would often intermarry to have treaties with one another. In order to have some kind of relationship with this king, you know, maybe either the king would um, marry one of his daughters or whatever, and that kind of kept this treaty in place. And, and it was a very common thing to do. But Solomon wasn't supposed to do this. Turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter 7. And this is the longer version of the, of the version that I normally give you. But I, wanna, I want you to see this. Um, because I think it's a little more complete, and I think it's more applicable, and there's a little bit more in here to show us. Deuteronomy chapter 7, we're just going to look at the first 11 verses. Notice what the Lord says to Solomon, or says to the children of Israel, and this certainly applies to Solomon right now. (laughs) It says, when the Lord your God brings you into the land which you go to possess and has cast out many nations before you, the Hittites, the Girgashites, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites, seven nations greater and mightier than you. And when your Lord delivers them over to you, you shall conquer them and utterly destroy them. You shall make no covenant with them, nor show mercy to them, nor shall you make marriages with them. You shall not give your daughters to their son, nor take their daughter for your son, for they will turn your sons away from following me to serve other gods, and so that the anger of the Lord will be aroused against you and destroy you suddenly, but thus you shall deal with them. You shall destroy their altars, break down their sacred pillars, cut down their wooden images, burn their carved images with fire, for you are a holy people to the Lord your God. And I, would, I think the Lord would say that to us today, even as his, his bride, the church. You are a holy people to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for himself. Notice, a special treasure he spoke to Israel, above all the peoples on the face of the earth, even us Gentiles, yes. 
And the Lord did not set his love on you, nor choose you, because you are more in number than any other people, for you are the least of all the peoples. But because the Lord loves you, and because he would keep the oath which he swore to your fathers, the Lord has brought you out with a mighty hand, and redeemed you from the house of bondage, from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Therefore, know that the Lord your God, he is God, the faithful God who keeps covenant and mercy for a thousand generations with those who love him and keep his commandments. And he repays those who hate him to their face, to destroy them. He will not be slack with him who hates him. He will repay him to his face. And therefore you shall keep the commandment, the statutes and the judgments which I command you today. Notice, to observe them. And so you read that, and then you put that into context with what we just read here in 1 Kings 11. And now it's like, it's front and center. There's no way of avoiding the accountability here. There's no way of avoiding the warnings And God was so gracious with Solomon. He gave him so many opportunities, as he does us as well. How many times have we heard about adultery? How many times have we heard adultery is a sin and fornication being a sin? And yet in the church, it's just as rampant as it is in the world. And so if you're, if you're dabbling with those kind of things, if you're living together and you're fooling around and doing those things, you're in sin. And you need to knock it off. <laughs> because God is going to hold you accountable. Folks, it's sin. And we can't play footloose and fancy free with it any longer. And you know what? It's time that the, we in the church wake up. It's time that we wake up. It's time that we take the Lord serious and not get to the point where we're so comfortable with God. We're like, oh, he's the man upstairs. You know, I hear people talk like that and they don't even know who God is when they talk like that. Yeah, it's okay. You know, we're like pals. You know, he's going to turn a blind eye to this. You know, he knows I you know, do this every now and then. And so it's good, right? And, and, and no, it's not. It's not right. You need to repent of your sin. <laughs> Drop to your knees and ask him to forgive you. And don't play games, especially now, especially whenever, but especially now when the world, our country, needs to see us, the church. It needs to see us believing what we, what we're, what we proclaim. They're not going to believe it if they're not seeing it in our lives. They're not going to listen to us if they don't see the love, if they don't see the grace, if they don't see the repentance and the hard line that we take with sin, that we don't laugh at the dirty jokes, that we don't watch the shows that everybody else watches. We don't go and and hang out at the bar and have a couple until we get a little lightheaded and just get a little buzz on. No, we we don't need to be doing any of that stuff. And yet many do. They continue to flirt with these things. And you get so close to the edge, and you do it enough, you do it enough, what happens? You get a little numb to it. Your heart becomes a little seared. Each time you do it and you get away with it and you don't stop it, what happens is your heart develops like a film over it. And then pretty soon you're no longer concerned about it any longer. And then you find that the Satan, God even allows it, he'll allow Satan to Spring the trap and your, your, your career is over. Your marriage is over. Maybe you've got uh, some kind of disease now or some kind of addiction now as a result of your playing with the world. And Solomon did that. 
the wisest man in the world, and he got away from God. Yes, he worshipped God, he worshipped Jehovah, but it, he, it wasn't single in his life like David. Now, did David have his issues? We know that David had issues. We know that it's chronicled for us, his adultery with Bathsheba and the murder of her husband. But were those things going to send David to hell after he repented and truly? No, they weren't. The sword wouldn't depart from his house and he would be a changed man and, and, and it would follow him for the rest of his life. That was the consequence of David's sin, but David never had a problem with, with worshiping false idols and false gods. You never saw him bowing down to Chemosh or setting up a wooden pole for Ashtoreth, the goddess of sex and fertility. You never saw him do that. You never saw him offering one of his firstborn to, to Molech and his fiery arms as the child would incinerate. He didn't do that. His eye, his heart, that's why the Bible could say he had, a, he, had, he had a heart after God. He was a man after God's own heart. He was the sweet psalmist of Israel, a man after God's own heart. That's why the Bible can say it. That's why God can say, your, your father was upright before me. Yes, he made some mistakes, and he's, he, that's been atoned for. And He repented. That's the difference, isn't it? It doesn't, if you fall down, what, what's the best thing you can do? Get, right back on your, get back on your knees first, pray to God for forgiveness, and ask him for the gift of repentance. And if you keep falling over that thing, you keep, you keep confessing it, and you keep coming before him, and you, you get to the point where you hate that more, just like God hates it, and then you'll stop. <laughs> but probably not until then. Until you hate it like God hates it, you're probably not going to stop. And so ask, God, would you give me a hatred for my sin the way you hate it and do it sooner than later, Lord, because I like that thing. Whatever it is, I enjoy it too much. I'm not quite ready, even as a Christian, I'm just not quite ready to hand over the keys to that dark area in my heart. And you're going to live a life miserable. You're going to have no witness. You're going to feel washed up. You're going to feel dirty. Even though you've been saved, even though if you got hit by a car that day or you died, you'd go to heaven. But your heart is so wounded because of your sin and you, you, know, you keep slipping on it and you keep slipping on it. You don't make any attempt and finally you just kind of throw in the towel and you just... People do that. But folks, we can't let that happen. We need to hold the line, especially today. Especially today, people need to see it. But notice Solomon, verse 2, clung to these in love. And you've heard me say this before, but in Hebrew, there's only one word for love, and it's ahab or ahav. That's where you get the ahava products from the Dead Sea. That's what that means. It means love because you're loving yourself when you smear that black mud all over your arms and your face and then you wash after a while and you get smooth baby skin again. You're basically loving. You know, There's nothing wrong with that. Okay, I'm, not, I'm just having fun with the word. But it's, only, it's one word. The Bible doesn't, uh, in Hebrew doesn't differentiate from the different types of love. We have to discern that through the context. We know it in context, like we do in English. We say we love our car, and we love our wife, and we love God, but we know that there's different levels of love. Same thing here, but he loved these, he clung to these, and he had 700 wives, princesses, and 300 concubines, so he had 1,000 women in his life, and as you know this, polygamy was common in the Middle East, in the Near East, 
And, um, but it certainly was not wise, and it wasn't God's design. God allowed it, but it wasn't his best. Remember what he said to Adam and Eve. Remember what happened when God put Abraham to sleep. The Lord caused, and this is in Genesis 2, uh, verse 21, it says, The Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam, and he slept, and he took one of his ribs, and he closed up the flesh in its place. And then the rib, which the Lord had taken from the man, he, had, he, he made into a woman. The, the material was already there. The DNA was already there. He didn't need to create another woman from the dust. He made man, and woman means out of man, because she came out of him, right where the heart is. Right behind that rib is where the heart is, and God took her from that same area. I love that. How much does God love the bride of Christ? It was right on his heart. And Adam said, God made her and brought her to the man, and Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they too, they too shall become one flesh. Not they thousands shall become one flesh. As soon as Solomon began to multiply things, wives and concubines and princesses, his nightmare began. Not because there was something wrong with the ladies, But God told him, didn't he, in Deuteronomy, you shall not multiply wives. But he did. You shall not multiply horses, but he did. You shall not amass gold and hoard it like you're doing, Solomon. How much is enough, Solomon? I've made you wealthy. You're a big shot. Everybody, Everyone from all over the world is coming to see you. But that's not enough. I want more. And you know, you know what I think is true about Solomon? And I think this is interesting. Is that he truly knew both sides of the coin. God wouldn't want us to flirt with darkness so that we would have an understanding of the truth and the reality of darkness. Because the darkness, in involving ourselves in the darkness, what does it do? It destroys us and ultimately could destroy us. But like David, having known the bitter pill that comes, the consequence that comes after the sin, they have something to say about it. And they can tell us about it. And it would behoove us to listen to them and say, man, you know, when you read Psalm 32 and Psalm 51 after David's uh, adultery with Bathsheba, you read that and it just scares the daylights out of every man. It should. You know, if you're hanging around and doing things, read Psalm 32 and Psalm 51 and let it quake you a little bit. Let it shake your tree a little bit because it's supposed to do that. But they were to become one flesh. And how can you become one flesh with a thousand women? God told him not to do it, but he did it anyway. For it was so when Solomon was old, notice that his wives turned his heart after other gods. And his heart was not loyal to Jehovah God. To, that's what that, when you see the Lord, all caps, L-O-R-D, that, that, that's Yahweh, that's Jehovah. That is God the Father in all of his effulgence. That's the covenant-making, keeping God. I'm sorry, that's all the time we have for today. But please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our study in the book of 1 Kings. 
Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office. You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things such as our location, service times, information concerning our beliefs, our ministries, contact information, and information regarding Bread of Life Academy, our new school opening in the fall of 2023. Just click the school link at the top of the page for more information. Additionally, you may also download or listen to the radio and sanctuary messages free of charge from the teachings link at the top of the page. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester's Sanctuary Messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Play Podcast or Apple Podcast. You may also join us on Sundays and Thursdays through live streaming of our services and Bible studies. Just click on the online services link. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way we can bless you in your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.